Wee wee, don't tell me you're at mountain lakes with all of your friends. Wee wee, don't tell me you're gonna start talking about craft beer again. We're cracking wise on random craft beer news. Hanging out with brewers, owners, and monsters doing interviews. It's the wee wee shows, the wee wee shows, the wee wee shows, the wee wee shows. From the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington, this is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I just got picked up to play the Fonz in a reboot of the popular 1970s sitcom. It takes place in the 50s and centers on a group of friends who hang out at a local pub. They're, they're calling it Happy Dave's. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here, as always, is your host, Chris Sindrick. Oh, thank you, Dave, and thank you, everybody. Man, do we have a sensational show for you tonight. Yes, ATN Duver and Brian Carpenter, a.k.a. Fro, from uh, Brick West are our special guests tonight. Welcome, gentlemen. Woo! What up? Thank you. Thank you for having us. As always, I'm joined by Dave Basaraba and Tim Helton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Gentlemen, what's the latest news with Mountain Lakes Brewing Company and the Spokane craft beer scene? Well, uh, Chris, we're getting ready for our uh, St. Patrick's Day beers to uh, be released, so that's pretty exciting. Yep. Yeah. And, and what, what are we looking for there? What's well, as last year, we're going to brew, uh, we brewed our uh, drums uh, stout and our pipes uh, golden ale. Um, and as we did last year, uh, our Golden, we, we hope to can both of those. And if you happen to be a lucky person who gets uh, one of the few special green beers, then you get a uh, take a picture of it and you get a discount on your next beer at Mountain Lakes. So that's pretty exciting. All right. So so some of them, in the, you're selling them in uh, in four packs. Yeah, with be? two stouts and two Goldens. And uh, if you get green ones, then uh, you're lucky. You're if you, yeah. yeah, you got them last year. They were kilted cans. They, have, they wrapped in a kilt pattern, and right. um, yeah, they were the, yeah. yeah, and I then this those. year because of you know revenue troubles, we're just not going to have any green beers. No. Yeah. So, you, you're save us money on the food coloring, and we don't have to give people a discount. Oh, okay. So you're not. There's no green beers, but people might get a green beer. You might I, actually. I if put you, I put some spinach in some of the cans. Oh, yeah. So, so some, some of them might ones. be green. And then is that um, something too, where you could make a uh, a black and tan or uh, half and half, however you want to call black it? Black and green, yep. Black and green. Yes. yes. Yeah, they, yeah. It looks really good. Yeah. 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 Just mix it all in there. It's a slurry. Sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. It's and nutritious too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, sponsored by Popeye. That kind of thing, the, the spinach. Yep, the spinach. Component. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and and you know, we're one of the few breweries that are uh, brave enough to have a hundred percent spinach beer. Yeah, so. <laughs> yummy for St. Patrick's Day. I, Brick West not going to do that you know. stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, you should sneak a little kale in there too while you're at it. That'd be great. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. That's that's a dumb idea. Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, anything else? What the kale? No, not no. really. Not right. nothing going on. We're right. headed out. I mean, this will air. After, but we're headed out to Palouse, uh, uh, Washington again for the Palouse Cabin Fever Brewfest. All right, when is that? Is that, that first week in February? Yeah, first week in February. Uh, that you know, this will probably air after that. But um, yeah, 
Are they sold out again like they normally do? Tickets gone? Already gone. Sold 600 tickets. And uh, I I like to think it's both the coldest and the drunkest brewfest in Washington. It it definitely kind of seems to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it might as well be Idaho. It's super, <laughs> super drunk. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> and uh, so tell us a little bit about that again. It's called Cabin Fever, right? And Cabin uh, Fever, Palouse, Washington, uh, you know, very small town. And we're just in back of the community center. And there's, I think, 10 breweries uh, who go there. And uh, they do it by invite only. This is their biggest... Uh, this biggest fundraiser of the year for their community center in Palouse. And uh, they used to do three or four events, and then they started doing this brew fest, and they realized that the other three weren't necessary anymore. And so it is like the coolest time. You're out in the snow. It's 11, 12 degrees outside. Uh, they have like fire pits. Fire pits and everywhere. breweries, and everybody brews something heavy and strong. And <coughs> we have a great time. It's one of the most fun. And, and so if you can't get tickets this year anyway because it's sold out, but plan on next year if you can. And then, you know, they got a shuttle that'll run you to Pullman Hotels and everything at midnight. So it's just a, it's a blast. Yeah, it is pretty unique. Definitely festival. plan on staying the night because you're not driving back to Spokane after all these 10 percenters. Well, to start the show off, we like to ask important people who work in the craft beer industry questions about what they do and how they do it. It's called Not My Beer. Please welcome tonight's Not My Beer guest from Spokane's very own Brick West Brewing Company, Etienne Duvert and Brian Fro Carpenter. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, welcome, Etienne and Fro. It's great to have you on the show. So maybe to start out, um, you both have significantly extensive um, histories in the craft beer world. Can you, can you give a little overview of what you've done and what you're doing currently? You want to go first? Uh, sure. All right. Um, yeah, man, uh, I got my start uh, working for uh, Growler Guy's Tap House in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, just kind of fell into this industry, got pretty lucky, and uh, worked for a number of breweries, uh, now starting at uh, Brick West as of February last year. So it's, uh, it's been quite a, quite a fun venture, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm completely stoked to be where I'm at, uh, growing a brand new brand. Right. And when we first met, I think you were with River City, right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So, and how long were you there? Um, that was a Todd Grove era, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when, I first, uh, when I first started there, um, Todd was still head brewer. And it was May of 2019. Lasted till March of 2020, where... Uh, COVID kind of shut that right. down. So I spent, uh, spent most of 2020, unfortunately, uh, on my couch until, uh, until Brian actually reached out and uh, asked if I wanted to get back to work. Switch spots <laughs> so I could go on his couch. <laughs> I wanted, uh, I'm sure my couch wanted to break. So, uh, yeah, it's been a blessing to be back, uh, back working the scene and, and at a spot like Brick West. It's yeah. been great. Great. And Fro? Um, I was at uh, bars and restaurants for uh, most of my life after 16, but uh, at the Flying Goat when it first opened in Spokane in 2010, I believe, had the opportunity to work there, and that's kind of where I fell in love with craft beer and ended up helping the John Sweat open up uh, Republic Pie after that, and then got the opportunity to work at No Lie Brew House and went to One Tree after that, and then... Got approached about the opening of Brick West and if I could help out. So uh, it was kind of a no-brainer to me. I love the cider and I love the One Tree guys, but uh, beer has always been my passion. So. Very good. 
And so what are your roles there now? What is it you both do? He does everything. <laughs> a little bit of everything, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just the feet on the street guy, man. I do a lot of the, uh, the tap room event, or not tap room, but all the tap takeovers and outside events from the brewery and do all the keg sales for the local Spokane and central eastern Washington and north Idaho. <laughs> so, yeah, it just gets bigger and bigger the more I, the more I talk about it. But <laughs> Montana. Uh, Let's go. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Um, my, I, I don't know. I, I also just, I, I help out with a little bit of everything out there. So, uh, sales operations, um, help out in the tap room, kind of just whatever needs to be filled. And I think it's just kind of that way when you're growing in this market, especially after 2020 and beyond is everyone's going to wear a different hat. You're going to have to do different things. You think you're going to do one thing one day you will. And the next day you're going to be doing something completely different. So hog wild. Yeah. We go hog wow at the brewery, that's for sure. <laughs> and then when did you both first meet? Sounds like you were you friends first or did you work together first? We How talked that? about that. I don't yeah. he re- thinks he remembers. Yeah. That doesn't mean I remember. So uh, I'm the upset wife right now because I remember <laughs> when we met. Uh, <laughs> we met at uh, at the uh, Arena Brewfest when it was in the parking lot in twenty seventeen. And I specifically remember because this dude with this monster hair next to me rolls up in a no-lie branded Bronco. <laughs> just killing the clutch, man. I can't drive a stick, and I'm just sitting there just hammering on that thing. Uh, so, yeah, he was, he was one of the first dudes, uh, first dudes I met in Spokane. It was actually my first uh, brewery event in Spokane uh, when I was with a small brewery called Downdraft Brewing in Post Falls, oh, Idaho. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I remember Downdraft. In there. I went there a couple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you guys immediately attracted to one another's hair? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, Kind of like Velcro. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, these guys work together. They're good friends, and they have probably the two biggest hairs in... Uh, <laughs> Set of hairs yeah, in, in the I mean, industry. You right? got the nickname, but you're when you pull yours out, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. When I just flop it out there, it's it's. Hey, it's, it's not really about way. size, is what I've heard though. <laughs> correct? I, I don't know. Okay. All right. I know I'm bald headed, so you know. <laughs> what they say about the size of a man's hair, right, Chris? Right. Yeah. It's like I'm not having it. It's not good. Not good for me. My hair is girthy. Yeah. So now, uh, hair care products, do you share similar? Uh, do you, how do you maintain those hairstyles? Uh, well, you know, he did mention that he shops at Costco, and so do I. Love Costco. <laughs> Is that because your copious amounts of hair require Absolutely. copious amounts of product? Absolutely. And yeah. was there a discussion before tonight's event where Fro was like, I'm the original Fro, so if you could just wear a beanie or something and tame yours <laughs> down a little bit. No, I, I was kind of hoping he would go all out, but yeah, I mean, here we are. So. I got lazy today. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. So, um, Rick West just celebrated its uh, two-year anniversary, which is pretty awesome. Um, it opened in Spokane's West End and the renovated Watts Automotive Building, and the focus was on, um, and is on, uh, German beer styles and creating, uh, based upon what your website said, is a world-class pilsner, and that was primarily in the beginning under the guidance of uh, Sam Milney, who was your head brewer at the time when you opened. Tell us a little bit about the journey so far and plans uh, for the future with Brick West. Yeah, it's definitely been a journey. You can call it that. So we, our grand opening was on January 3rd. And so 
They gave us about, I mean, who's counting, but March 16th of 2020, we shut down. So, you know, just a little over, what is that, 10 weeks to get going. And uh, we had a great start, and then we had to pivot our brand model as a whole in general. We kind of wanted to let it grow organic and just do a lot of draft and kind of just see where things go, and you kind of follow it. And when that shutdown kind of realized itself about April, when I was like, oh, this thing really isn't going to stop anytime soon here. Uh, so that's when we started researching cans and looking down that path and looking kind of a, a split system of, you know, draft and can sales. So we actually released our first cans in August of 2020 and got into the local uh, retailers, Yolks, Rosars, all that stuff. Uh, but that kind of changed the trajectory of how fast and where we were going to go. And... Um, you know, looking back on it, definitely it's been it's been tough, but I'm it's I'm kind of glad it just kind of accelerated everything. But with the uh, all that included, you know, Sam during that time realized he wanted to move back to the West Side, be closer to family, and he's going to pursue his own thing and uh, open up his own brewery, which is cool for him. We split on great terms, um, and we're excited for him to open up his own thing. Uh, Scotland Schaus, who at this at that time was our assistant uh, head brewer, uh, took over as head brewer and didn't miss a beat. He had about five and a half, six years of experience beforehand, uh, kind of just following um, some of the stuff we, the protocols and recipes we had in place at the time, and then now creating his own, uh, a couple of which won medals at the last Washington Beer Awards, which was awesome, so shout out to him. And we're just kind of moving forward. and. At this point, we're just kind of exploring our options for bigger, we have more tanks coming right now, but then bigger production facilities and just kind of seeing what's gonna happen, right. so. So yeah, I was surprised on how fast you moved into the can market. I didn't know, I figured that was maybe something you were looking to do all along because you immediately were on the shelves where um, I was surprised coming out in six pack cans, your Pilsner primarily was one of your focuses, so. Um, but that was mainly a pivot. Yeah, it was a total pivot. Uh, you kind of want to let that stuff, in my mind, you kind of want to let it sit and let people enjoy it and kind of get that name built up. But we were only open for 10 weeks, so all of a sudden we kind of had to sit there and go, well, now what? And once we realized it, it was, wasn't going to be over in, you know, two, three, four weeks, I think those are the initial conversations we were all having during the pandemic was like, okay, well, what happens if it lasts three weeks instead of two weeks? Like, what do we do then? And what month are we on now? What year is it? <laughs> Did it What's last going more than on? Three weeks? <laughs> Where am I, man? I just say two years now. It's like, you know, just two years. Yeah, seriously, it was the same thing for Tim and I. We, we actually never planned on canning at all. Um, and then there was, uh, we were ramping up. It was, the, we were, were two years old when it first started. And we had, uh, you know, basically bought a refrigerated cargo container and filled it with beer that was going to be our wholesale storage. And we were going to just start doing wholesale getting our name out there a little bit more. And then we had basically a 40-foot uh, cargo container full of beer and COVID hit and no bars were open. So we were like, oh, so we could just pour it down the drain or we could put it in cans. And so we started canning with the mobile canner that uh, Bellwether hired and a couple others and canning uh, on Lumberbeard when he had time because he bought a canning machine like right away because he seems to be wise about things. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of crazy to see our, our beers in cans. Interesting that we had a pandemic the same time you guys did, yeah. but this side of downtown. Yeah, what a coincidence. We had yeah. one, too. We yeah. should plan that better. Let's, like, stagger it next time. So, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so wait. That, so you're west, and what is, 
What is the classification for where Mountain Lakes is? Is it a brewery district? Well, or? <clears throat> you know, technically we're the heart of downtown, according to the map. Okay. You know, right. Division and Sprague are sort of the, the, the markers, if you want to get serious about it. But... There's not really a lot of downtown uh, east, east, of of, east of Division. Right now. Right, right, right now. Right. But the university district, we are in the university district so, now, and they're okay. really pushing that. So, right. so you're kind of U-district. I just think about when... Um, we're the know. U district, we're the me district, we're the all of us district. Right. We're the Mountain Lakes district, we Mountain like to call it. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Just, just use your yeah. name. As Lumberbeard's right. website actually says located in the Mountain Lakes district. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the land of the lakes. That's right. That's right. Um, I heard rumors at, at one point that Brick West was looking to expand and move into Boise. Um, is that something that's uh, true or is that still in the works? Yeah, no, we're still we're still looking at that right now. It's still not going to be anytime soon. It's just going to be more of a. I think it's uh, uh, just an opportunity of two cities that are very similar, and um, when it comes to looking geographically and where where to expand next and what market to fulfill, um, you know, West Side has a lot of great beers and a lot of great breweries, and so does Boise. But Boise doesn't currently have the same number if you will and but Boise's growing at a faster rate than even Spokane is and we were talking about real estate earlier so you can only imagine if real estate's this here it's a, it's getting even crazier in Boise so there's becoming a big market down there and just trying to jump that before you know it becomes you know super saturated like the west side kind of has a ton of breweries already so take, take your time i'm okay with it take your time <laughs> so we got flights next <laughs> week so what i'm telling you is i mean mountain lakes is all, i mean we're pretty boise i mean you guys want to i don't think we have any girls you, that guys, actually, you guys coming on the next trip or what <laughs> well, we don't have any females that yeah. work for the company we're mostly boise i was oh. drinking this uh bottle of beer with chris hendrick the other day and He's like, look at this is from Boise. I'm like, Chris, that's Frambois. Yeah. I always mess that up. Frambois. I, I learned what a lambic was. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, not from Boise. Not from, and I think yeah. when you were talking, you're you're not uh, pretty Boise, you're just pretty boys, right? Isn't that what you guys are? Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. There yeah. You go. I lofted that softball up, but we yeah. had to pause. There you go. The good thing about Chris's <laughs> jokes is that they can be edited out at the end. That's true. <laughs> we, we, uh, we kill them all. We kill them all. Yeah. But he's the one who edits, so our jokes just get dropped. <laughs> all right, well, ATN, um, I'm a big fan of Think Beer, the show that uh, Todd Grove puts on on KYRS uh, Thin Air Radio. And uh, the past couple of uh, weeks in early January, you were on the show talking about the local uh, Spokane craft beer science scene. So I thought uh, maybe you could give us a little uh, overview and, and pro chime in for sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on 2022 for the craft beer scene in Spokane? Um, I think uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year. Uh, we're definitely gonna see more breweries uh, as much as we think there's a ton already. Uh, there's already a few that are establishing themselves as coming out next year. Um, I think it's gonna be pretty interesting on that end. Uh, with the prices of grain going up already, and um, hops are going up already, so it'll be it'll be a real interesting year with uh, with with ingredient costs going up. What happens if we run out? Like we don't have enough money to do hops and all the beers anymore? Well, I seltzer. guess you better start farming. Seltzer, baby. <laughs> We're a seltzer brewing <laughs> company now. It's all Gruet, Gruet and seltzer. Remember beer. Yeah. Remember, you remember beer? Remember beer? Seltzers and ciders, ah. boys. Yeah. I love the seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. That's just um, a pallet full of bags of sugar. 
Yep, that's our whole year right there. <laughs> um, so uh, you, you talked a little bit about. I know there are a couple up and coming breweries. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the a couple that you know are sure. going to be opening soon? Uh, yeah, I mean we've got uh, the guys over from Republic Pie and. Uh, Flying Goat are, are establishing theirs. Fro probably knows a little bit more about those guys' project. Uh, yeah, they're going to be called Uprise, and it's going to be... I'm really bad at describing uh, stuff. Ask ATM when he drives in the car with me. Uh, <laughs> where are we going again? Uh, you're basically going to cross Maple, and it's going to be kind of like right over Maple Bridge, if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of uh, behind Kendall Yards in that, that yeah. old yeah. abandoned yeah. Uh, warehouse. Yeah, right? and I think those guys are going to do a great job. And I think they're shooting for, um, I actually talked to them today a little bit. I think they're shooting June oh, of this nice. year. So they should be doing cool stuff. Uh, what's the one downtown again? Uh, uh, common, lang- common, common language. language. Yep, yeah. Common language is yeah. coming. Yep. Paramore is going to open up a tap room here just down the street on Riverside. Yep. Oh, Paramore's really? has got theirs coming in in Riverside. Yeah, yep. the 500 block of Riverside. So where they're going to be neighbors. They're going to be in the and, Mountain Lakes District. Yeah, they're going to ah, be in Mountain Lakes ah, District. Wow. We collaborated with them for the Leicester Cup that starts February 1st. So, uh, you know. We thought that they would have their tap room open in time but uh, for the Leicester Cup, but they, they don't, so you have to come here to taste it. The whole region, Chris, is called the Greater Mountain Lakes District. The Greater Mountain Lakes. <laughs> the Greater Inland Northwest Mountain Lakes yeah. District. Right. Well, and then sitting in front of you right here, you've got Kevin Green, who uh, is a, a world-renowned Spokane home brewer turned possibly... He was pro-brewer right? for a while, yeah, and then he was pro- like, nope. Not, yeah. not now. I'm going back to my own. So then, you know, maybe things on the horizon there. Yep, you know, yep. So. Uh, uh, fun fact, Kevin and I are neighbors, so uh, I helped deliver his a baby. wonderful oh. mash ton to his carport. I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> uh, yeah, unlicensed physician. So. <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin's told me within the next couple of years, he's definitely got his project that he wants up and running off the ground, and, and that's, that's super exciting. I mean, I've been helping him out here and there with homebrews and watching him develop the last couple of years, which has been super awesome, and just watching the beers get better and better. Yeah, it's exciting. I went to a party one time with my wife to your house. You might not remember this, but it was after... <laughs> um, it was crazy because you had a sour in your kegerator uh, that no one was supposed to drink, and some people went in and snuck it open. <laughs> I was there that night. The first <laughs> I was there as well. Yeah, the first time that Kevin Green, I like had any kind of interaction with him as I was sitting there. I wasn't drinking the sour, but he came in, and he was like, you... <laughs> it was like, I just kind of sat there like I was in kindergarten, like I'd done... I, mean, I didn't even do anything wrong. <laughs> But it was a sour that you had aged for a couple years, right? And yeah. So anyway. And we made but. it a special occasion after that. <laughs> we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't remember. Right, right. So, but yeah. So anything else? Any other uh, breweries or things of mention for 2022 in Spokane? Well, I mean, we've got, um, we've got a few over in the Valley that have been uh, opening and moving uh, spaces. So, you know, Bardic's got their tap room and cidery room uh, up and going. Uh, you've got Natural 20 that's uh, moved uh, across the I-90 there. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Kroski's... Uh Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Open. Right. fermentation. When is he, when is he open? I... Uh, well, he's hoping for spring, but you know how that goes with permits. Yeah. Um, and that was Emery's fermentation, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, him and uh, his his boy uh, Obi, who's going to be running the kitchen, Jordan Obermeyer, 
uh, super talented chef. He's worked all over town. He's worked for Durkin's. Uh, so I know what he's going to be putting out is great. Uh, yeah, really, really exciting for those dudes. And Could, couldn't be a nicer gu- a couple of guys either. So. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, some predictions for the upcoming year in beer are, are pretty bleak. Uh, we kind of mentioned that. We are currently in uh, what they're calling the candemic, uh, this uh, reduction in cam ava- can availability and the CO2 crunch uh, for CO2, uh, which is significantly important for breweries. Um, experts say that can shortage might last through 2023 at least. Um, how have you seen the effects of these supply chains uh, issues already, and what does it mean for craft beer industry and consumers? Um, I, th- I mean, it's a it's a really big question um, that I wish I had the answer to because I think we'd be all in a better position if I had the answer to it. But the the pandemic, I'll start there real quick. Is the the one I think that hit us the hardest would because us, you guys, just like everybody else, when the pandemic hit, we all pivoted and we go to cans. So then they're not ready, and then it creates a tidal wave. Well, here we are sitting here now, and now that we are in cans, now I sit here and look, how can we make getting in cans cheaper? And then the companies start raising the minimums. And so then you sit there and go, okay, well, now I have to keep labeling stuff. Yeah, one truck is five trucks now. Correct, Uh, And Ball Ball opened up two more facilities. One is already online. The second one is about to go online. That'll increase their production by 40%. But still, they're raising the price, and making breweries that like our labels for people listening our labels are done you know a couple thousand at a time and they're stickers and they go on to the can after it's filled with beer Um, for bigger brands it's printed by the ball company on the actual can so each label is considered a UPC now ball used to require that you order one truckload one uh, right one right, truckload, two hundred four thousand per UPC, and now they've just changed it to five truckloads, which is per over UPC. a million. Yeah. So if you have five flavors that you regularly can, which most large production breweries do, you're looking at five million cans per order, and where do you put them all? And they won't store them for you. Right? Yep, they won't yeah. store anymore. So they used to store at some points if you'd order in quantities, they would store it to a certain point. Anyways. You kind of you kind of hope to build a brand that will eventually get to printed cans. Like if we we're starting to go down that route, and now it just sort of seems unattainable. And so, luckily, I would say a lot of the local grocers and uh, even regional grocers now, like at, at one point, wouldn't accept uh, like labeled on stuff. You know, right. they'd be like, "No, nope, you gotta you gotta have it like printed on stuff." Like if you're going Safeway, Albertsons level style stuff, and oh, now wow. everyone's becoming a little more acceptable. It's like, what you got? Well, there's good news for little guys like us because, you know, we didn't picture ever trying to compete for shelf storage space um, or shelf retail space. But when you do get to that point, you can have a couple flavors perhaps from a small, tiny little brewery, a hole in the wall that's just doing amazing things like greenhouse brewing or something where they just like a couple flavors, but it's a sticker and they're allowing it. Right. 2022 uh, has kind of already made a splash. 2021 was kind of quiet for acquisitions. We had Bell that we all know was um, moved on to, I forget who, Bell's Brewing. Um, but um, what we've seen... Was it Constellation? Is it Constellation? Brands? Constellation? 
Is that who it was yeah. the Bells yeah. went through? Yeah. Um, so uh, but in 2022, we've already seen some acquisitions. The one that's gotten the most press this past week is the fact that um, Monster has bought out Canarchy Craft Brewing Collective this past week. What are your, what are your thoughts on that with a non-alcoholic beverage company purchasing out for the first time a, uh, a, a network of breweries? I think there's going to be a lot more drunks punching drywall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting transition, man. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of bigger brands probably go for a little more adjunct beers. And uh, you're going to see a little more of that fruit punch style beer come out. Uh, oh, so basically they're going to follow our, our trend? Mm, no. Because we're kind of well, known mean, for yeah. We're kind of known for adjunct. No, I, I don't mean, I, I mean like more on those like fruity sours. Oh, okay, okay. Definitely on the, on the lighter end because Monster is going to be more, more along the lines of lagers. How do we get caffeine into beer? That's what Monster can figure out. Well, yeah, right? I mean, that's Join up with Four Loco. Yeah, and we, Tim and I already brew with taurine and guarine and all the eans. Chlorine. Chlorine, lots yeah, of chlorine. it's really good. <laughs> Saves money. You just go to the pool and get your, your water. It doesn't require any treatments. It's pretty good. Um, I, one question on that, too, uh, because um, with the buyout, with Monster, what's interesting is with the Brewers Association, under the definition of a sm American brewery, which is a, a craft brewery, which is a small independent craft brewery. Um, you can't be owned by a like alcohol company over a certain percentage, I think it's 25%. With Mo Monster, this does not in any way, shape, or affect um, the craft beer uh, regulation um, under the Brewers Association with um, Canarchy, right? It's like Oscar Blues. Um, yeah. uh, is it uh, Wasatch Brewing? Um, Cigar City. City. Yeah, yeah, Cigar City. All the three others that are under that are still going to remain under the definition of a craft brewery, as well as Monster owning them. Versus if a ABM Bev by somebody, then yeah. they're immediately off the craft brewer list, and then they get shunned by the entire public. So, do we need a new definition, or will we be once again seeing a new definition of craft beer? By the Brewers Association, or is that something you all talk about? You bring up a good point, and I think it is talked about a lot. I mean, we get the Craft Brewers Association emails every, you know, few days or whatever with updates and this and that. And, and usually, you know, the one that sets the bar is Jim Cook, uh, Boston Beer Company, kind of sets the bar of what defines craft. So if he grows, everything else kind of stays craft. If he's at 60,000 barrels, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm out of touch too because when we first were looking at it, it was 60,000 barrels and I, Jim Cook is 2 million and now 6 million. So anyway, the, my point is this. If, if the law says that a giant brewery can't own more than 25% of a small brewery and still potential, maybe we're not supposed to be attracting big breweries to buy out little breweries. We're supposed to be attracting someone in a different... Yeah, like Pepsi-Cola. Yeah, which Pepsi right now is uh, producing a high alcohol um, Mountain Dew with Boston Beer Company. And Tim and I have oh. really reached out to Skechers Shoes. We think they'd be a really good parent right. company. Yeah, mostly because we just like wearing their That's stuff. The thing. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think the solution, Chris, is not to worry about the label and just to. Start bad rumors about any brewery that's bigger than us. Right. Uh, you know? Like Brick West, I, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure they put uh, they put whiskey in their in their beer. Yeah, I'm pretty just sure. Just in my cup. Just well, in my I cup, mean, man. Depends on the time of day. Yeah, yeah, those guys. 
It can get crazy over there, eh? Yeah. Uh, with that, then, uh, what, what's more important? Because now what we see is an exchange between people being uber-conscious over uh, breweries maintaining their independence versus being a craft beer uh, or brewery. What's more important, to, to say that you're an independent brewer or that you're a craft brewer? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think it, it has to be a combination of things at some point. You know, when you have all these factors interjecting into each other, it's like, okay, at one point it was like, if it's not owned by AB InBev, then we're all good, right? We're craft. Now I'm sitting here looking at it. It's like, I think you need to judge if you, you know, there's unfortunately a majority of people that don't care. You know, it is what it is. But the people that do care need to know, you know, look into who the people are. How does the liquid taste? You know, what is their end goal? You know, you know, I think it has to be a combination of factors. And I don't know if you can just put a set limit like, the you know, the BA does if you want to, like, categorize something. I just don't think you can categorize it. Yeah, it's weird putting uh, arbitrary stipulations on, on a definition of something that really just comes down to how do you define authenticity? Right. Are these people really in it to be a part of their community and part of the beer thing? or Or is it just another business in their portfolio. Right. Yeah. yeah, when when I when I have a problem is when a buyout happens and I see a slew of employees get let go. People that have been with the company from the building up. Now, we don't need to financially support these people anymore. We can do it without them. Redundancies. You know, uh, there there's one brewery a few years back. You can say it all in Palace Point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, um, even, even, uh, our, we had a, a local Lagunitas rep, great dude too. Uh, still a really good friend of mine. Um, this last go around where they finally finished off, um, selling the, the other half of Lagunitas, they came through and wiped out almost half of their, half of their sales reps. They were down to about one, one rep per state. And, uh, you know, when it's kind of. Have a, have a sour taste in your mouth, I guess. Yeah, when one rep is taking an entire state, what are they doing? Showing up at all of the, I don't know, 1,000 accounts and just right. making sure that there's a can on the shelf? Yeah. All Great. right, hold I on. I'm taking notes here. So what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there's our stuff. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Uh, I got to keep going because there's 1,000 to see every month. But there is something, though, about the ballast point. I think is a, is a good example because... You know, I, Sculpin is a great beer. Yeah. Drink that a lot, right? And then as soon as they were bought, um, I never bought one again. And I remember thinking, maybe I would buy it again because now that they're a big, big company, maybe those six-packs will be cheaper. But no, they're still $14 <laughs> a, a, a six-pack. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm never having another Sculpin again. And I don't know why that is. It's just, it's just something that doesn't feel good about it. Right. Yeah. All right, oh what's, what's the beer everyone should be running down to buy right now at Brick West Brewing Company? And you can name a couple, but what, what, do you, what would you recommend if you're going to Brick West? What are you drinking? What are you I drinking? think because they have a Mountain Lakes beer on tap. It's going to be really good there. That's what I would get. <laughs> I don't want to screw this one up. Uh, what's the freshest freshie that's on right now? Don't fuck it up, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, my, my go-to, my first thing I'm going to go to is going to be uh, the Pilsner. That's uh, always just a super light, easy, crushable option for me. And uh, I think I have 
over the years come full circle, going from porters and stouts to IPAs and back to pilsners and lagers. <laughs> and I personally think that's amazing because uh, making a craft pilsner after you guys did it, Tim and I were like, well, let's give it a shot. Do it. Now, now not just you, but a lot of breweries are, yeah. are putting out a craft pilsner, and, and we make ours with a specific pilsner malt that's malted by Link Malt out in the valley, and it has a lot of character. You can make a craft pilsner, and I think people's minds are being blown right now, including myself. I, I taste them all the time. I'm like, oh, this one's great. This one's great. These are, you can make a craft pilsner. It doesn't have to taste like a, a macro beer. It doesn't yeah. have to... Tastes like rice and well, make you a crispy boy. Crispy boys, yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite things. Probably it's going to keep happening in 2022 is just the amount of lighter beers that are come out that we can all have two, three, and just sit down, talk <laughs> our shit, three. and keep moving. <laughs> and buy a really good tasting beer from a brewery that you know that where the money stays in your local economy. I mean, these are all great things. I mean... That we don't have to go into Huckleberries and see 46 IPAs, a brown ale, a stout, and a red. That's it. I mean, we're getting a mix of yep. everything. Any type of beer you want. Yeah, the, uh, the one with Lumberbeard was really fun. I like that one. A little bit lower ABV, so that's a little bit more speed, 6-7. Uh, the double hazy, though, uh, people have been digging. It's about 8%. Uh, and... We used a new yeast strain on that compared to our normal one, uh, so it's really going to pop on that. And then with the guys with Lumberbeard, we used uh, Svelte Malt as well uh, to make a little change on that. And I think it, uh, in a good way, it just kind of makes all the, 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 the backbone take a seat back and just go up on the aroma and the flavor. So Nice. Yeah. Well, ATN and Pro, it has been a true pleasure talking with you and learning about your story and the exciting things happening at Brick West and the greater craft beer scene. Thank you so much for joining us on Not My Beer. For sure. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that wraps up the first part of the show. And when I'll take a break and be back in a few with Pro, ATN, Tim, Dave, and an audience contestant for a little game we call Small Beer. Welcome back to the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat We Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I am Dave Basaraba, and here, as always, is your host, Chris Sindrick. Thank you, Dave. And now the game that tests your beer brain. It's called Small Beer. We've asked an audience member to step up for the challenge. Hello and welcome. Tell us your name and a little bit about yourself. My name is Wendy. 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 I'm so, going to win this game because okay. I know so much about beer, but mostly just about how to drink it. So that's, I can drink beer. If you need to know anything about how I drink it, I can tell you. Okay. Well, All the first it. question is, it's, it's a 16-ounce glass. It's referred to as a... Pint? Oh, there you go. Wow, there you go. Uh, <laughs> new one! Matt checks out, man. Matt <laughs> checks out. <laughs> I got it. Thank you. So, Windy, W-I-N-D-I-E? Yes. Yes. Okay, is, not yes. D-Y. All right. That's Very right. cool. Very cool. That's a unique name. Yeah. Well, my maiden name was Jones, so my... Nickname growing up was Windiana Jones. Oh, yeah, I know. That's I awesome. Know. That's nice. Awesome, Very yeah. good. That explains the leather boots and the 
<laughs> the was whip. your middle name Anna? That whip. would have been yeah. cool. The whip. <laughs> the whip, yeah. Was your, was your middle name Anna? No, Winnie, no. Winnie Wendy Anna, Anna Jones. Oh. Then you would have been Anna. Opportunity missed. Yeah. What is your middle name? <laughs> My middle name? Is danger. No, it's oh. danger. <laughs> Witty danger. It's Marilyn. Oh, right on. Sweet. Yeah. Dangerous. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the show, Wendy. Here's what we're going to do at this point in the show Dave is going to read three beer related questions. If you can correctly answer two of the three questions, you will be a winner, which in this case is free beer and a pint glass. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. So, Wendy, in this segment of small beer, your questions deal with pairing beer. So we know about pairing beer with food. This is kind of a unique way. Uh, specifically, we have taken unique pairing uh, beer pairings created by the Pints and Panels award-winning cartoonist and advanced Cicerone M. Sauter, um, who does a lot of beer art. Um, and we put them into questions for you. Are you ready to play? Yes. Well, here is your first question. According to Pints and Panels, what is the best beer to pair with Easter? Is it A, Irish Stout, B, Vienna Lager, or C, Maybach? I'm going to say it starts with A. I'm going to go with A. Uh, wait, maybe uh, you should get a little bit of help. Right. Uh, okay. my, my personal yeah. opinion is that's wrong. Oh, okay. So wait, you wait. think this is beer pairing my, with holidays? My. So yeah, I think about think about when Easter happens and what it's what season is Easter? Spring. Spring, and then um, one of see the Irish Stout, the Vienna Lager, Irish, and the Maybach or the Maybach. Which one is springy? Uh, May. Oh, uh. the hint was right in the answer. So you're saying. Maybach. All right. All right. Hey. You, you are correct. Yeah, this is a trickier little segment, maybe. Um, the Maybach. Uh, what do you guys think? Did, did they pair them right? Is this, do you think a Maybach would go well with Easter? Yeah, I think a Maybach fits any time, to be honest. It's one of my favorite beers. It's delicious. It's, I mean, th there's a range of alcohol content, but... It can be pretty good any time of year. Yeah, that's definitely. what I was going to say. It gets a trouble right there because it's usually seven, eight, yeah. somewhere landing, living in that zone. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a seasonal drinker to the point to where I drink every season. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Amen, brother. Either way. Right. For me, it's time Amen. of day, and Easter morning would be a stout for sure, but yeah. uh, it might go into the, to the Maybach a little later. A little later on. Yeah. Yep. Very good. So uh, according to uh, Pints and Panels, other beer pairing she said was uh, Valentine's Day with a fruit lambic. Maybe. That'd be good. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, obviously, with the Vienna Lager, which is the traditional beer of, you know, you know that, that morphed over into uh, Mexican beers. Right? The Mexican the Lager, yeah. yeah. The Mexican Lager. And Thanksgiving with a Belgian Triple. What do you think? Yeah? I think around that, yeah. It's kind of hard, though, to drink a triple uh, after having a big Thanksgiving dinner. That's a, that's a yeah. heavy thing. I don't yeah. need anything else to get me to pass out. But. Seriously. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Can you imagine you're doing, you're doing turkey, stuffing, gravy, mashed potatoes, and then candied yams and a triple? 
Yeah, but then uh, do you want to wake up? You want to wake up around New Year's after that? It depends if Uncle Bill is there. I might need the triple, you know, because you are hanging out with family. That's true. And so then the triple, higher alcohol beers around the holiday, I will never pass up. That's usually the eve before Thanksgiving, though. (laughs) Just carry the buzz on through the family time. Yeah. Yep. This is true. (laughs) All right. Well, here is your second question, Wendy. Your second question pairs beer and sports. According to Pints and Panels, what is the best beer to pair with soccer? Is it A, the New England IPA, B, a Munich Helles, or C, a U.S. light lager? B, Munich Helles. That's correct. Right on. I got soccer, Oh, my gosh. There was, like, no hesitation. She knew that word. Soccer. She obviously go. drinks while she watches soccer. Right. So how? Why was that so easy? What did that? What was the? Because it's European. Yeah. It's in Germany. There you so. go. Yeah. So I was wondering so maybe we should have said football. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would have still got it. Yeah. Footy. Other sports that uh, she talks about is hockey and a Baltic porter, which I think would huh. be good in cold weather. Golf and obviously the Scottish ale. I mean that kind of makes a lot of sense. And then uh, cricket with a best bitter, I guess. Is it bad I'm doing Keystone Light on all three? Man? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hammer fist in yeah. those? <laughs> yeah, certainly. I think the Baltic Porter, because it's, it's basically the iced version of a porter. Understood. Uh, yeah, get it? Yeah. I get it. But yeah. if you're just going to make that ice, that's sort of like a bad dad joke, right? I was going to say Molson's probably pretty pissed that you picked that. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, here is your third question. Your third question pairs beer with weather. According to Pints and Panels, what is the best beer to pair with a heat wave? Is it A, Berliner Weiss, B, Double IPA, or C, American Porter? Now, the American Porter is a little heavier porter. You, you could maybe ask us questions about each of yeah, these options. Yeah, if you're not sure, you could yeah, get clarified. Oh, I can legit just ask y'all and yeah. help me? We will oh, answer. I thought I had to, like, secretly... They want you we could maybe okay. describe uh, what a Berliner Weiss is, if I was help. picturing it being, like, more light and refreshing. Yeah, light yeah. and refreshing. Maybe often, tart, um, Highly carbonated, tart, if you will. sparkling. Sometimes served like nice with raspberry syrup. A little bit tart, yeah. sometimes served with some specialty syrups. Yep. Maybe a patio pounder. Good answer. <laughs> Hint. <coughs> not Double about IPA names, is bro. not that. Subtlety. And, uh, a porter is not that either. It rhymes with... Edelweiss? <laughs> yes. Yeah, wow. exactly. All right. What, yeah. do you think? what are you thinking? I'm going to go with it. Yes. Advice. Hey. There we go. It is the Berliner Weiss. Does Brick West do? Do you guys do a Berliner Weiss? I mean, that's a very German, uh, you know. We do a Goza. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the most sour. famous Berliner Weiss in the in the Northwest, honestly, is probably from Paradise Creek. It's probably the most well known. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. I would agree. The Huckleberry yeah, Pucker. The Huckleberry Pucker. Yeah. yeah. All right, so some other related beer, uh, according to uh, Pints and Panels, is uh, Sunny and Kolsch. So if it's sunny outside, drink a Kolsch. Uh, you'll like this, Windy and a British Brown Ale. So there you go. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's your beer. Yeah. Does Windy like British Brown Ales? No. Wow. <laughs> so it's false. Well, so much for that. And then also Thunder and a Dunkelweizen. 
So maybe that's good. All right, well, Dave, how did Wendy do on our quiz? Well, it was three for three, so uh, that's obviously a win. Yay! (laughs) Wendy, thank you so much for playing. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with ATN Pro, Tim and Dave, and a little game we call Brewers on Tap. Welcome back to the Brew House stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I am Dave Basaraba, and here, as always, is your host, Chris Sindrick! Well, thank you, Dave. And now for a game we call Brewers on Tap throughout the night. Uh, our audience members have had the, uh, the chance to write down a question for one of you or all of our panelists. And we've chosen a smackerel of them to ask our panel to tap into some of that brewer and owner knowledge. Let's get started, shall we? Here's a question to begin with. Um, did you have uh, one moment that sparked your current career or uh, was it more gradual? Was there a spark that kind of led you into the craft beer world? And I think this could be for everybody, or was it kind of a more gradual process? I'll let someone else start, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, man. Um, I started homebrewing right as soon as I turned 21. I had never had a craft beer in my life before that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was at that moment I uh, thought it was a great idea to get into the craft beer game. Little did I know it was going to be another five years before I did it, but uh, was sitting in a tap room one day, downdraft, and uh, the owners overheard me just sitting there at the bar, the loudest person there, and they asked me if I ever wanted to sell beer. Uh, You know, I I think about a story when I was a freshman in college, um, having a beer, uh, a beer that I enjoyed. The first beer I was like, this is fantastic, was... Harpoon Ale in Boston. And, Hell yeah. Uh, I, uh, my brother happened to be friends with a guy who brewed there, and I was talking to him, and I tasted it, and I thought, wow, this, this beer is great. It tastes uh, bubbly and sweet, and, and, but also hoppy. And then I, I thought, wow, there's this, there's this almost like cherry sweetness to it. And um, the brewer was like, oh, it comes from this California ale yeast, and we started talking about it. And you know, every beer I tasted from that brewery, I was like, oh, you really taste that yeast and it's really prominent and everything. And from there, I just love beer and uh, really got into brewing beer. So um, uh, that was probably the end uh, of, of, of uh, everything that good, good could happen to me because I drank a lot of beer and <laughs> got into brewing after that. So, But you got really good at darts, too, right? Yeah, yeah which, uh, yeah, I've made, um, I've made dozens of dollars at yeah. darts throughout my life and beer. And so... Yeah, everything I owe uh, in my life is from that harpoon ale, so... Do you still remember the first beer you brewed? Yeah, I remember, I think the first beer I brewed was a stout, because um, the guy at the homebrew shop, who later became my boss, said, you know what, if you suck at this kind of stuff, you can still brew a stout, and it will taste okay, so... (laughs) um, And I brewed a stout, and it was pretty good, so... Yeah. I remember Lucky Labrador uh, in on Hawthorne in Portland. And um, it was one of the breweries that um, accepted my fake ID at the time. 
<laughs> and so then it became one of my favorites. Um, and I think the statute of limitations is over on that. Yeah, I think so, we, we've all got clean slates here. Yeah, we can discuss it now. <laughs> but I remember going into Bridgeport. I'm out here still running. Bridgeport was like kind of tossed me out, and we're like, no, 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 but you can have your ID. Go have fun. Uh, and then, and then we went to Lucky Labrador, and we had a great time there. And they had a, um, a pale ale on, at, and I was like, "This is awesome." Uh, and then I tried, I think they had a red, and I fell in love with that beer. And I was like, "Oh, what's the difference between these two beers?" And I started talking with the guy behind the counter, and he was like, "Yeah, and we brew it over here." And I just kind of fell in love with the whole process, and then went to a homebrew shop like literally two weeks later and started my first mash uh, on a hot plate in my dorm room in Shipsat Hall, University of Portland. And yeah, I was 19. I was making alcohol and it was terrible. All my friends were like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's free. It's free. Yeah, it's it's virtually free. I just remember uh, the first two beers that turned me on to craft beer, though, too, was uh, Stone IPA and uh, Ninkasi's Total Domination. And that's when I realized I didn't really need to drink Bud Light anymore. And (laughs) ended up working in craft beer bars. And uh, I do love solving a puzzle. And so once I got on the supplier side, I like working on all the angles of everything. Like, how do we make this delicious beer that's different than a light beer and how do we get it to consumer so yeah so you jumped right in american ipa boom i was i was actually watching hockey i mean kind of the other question before i was like no it doesn't really need to be molson or anything like that man just take an ipa straight to the dome piece no it does okay all right Uh, recommended shower beer. Uh, and also, while you're doing that, can you give us some... Uh, he wants a little bit of notes on what shampoo and conditioner you actually use while drinking your beer and shampooing your hair uh, in, in That's great, because I actually use the beer... I use the same... My same favorite beer to condition. Pilsner or Kel. It's great for the lips. Uh, it's great for the hair. That's why you smell so good. Chris, yeah, I need damn. some clarification. Is shower beer meaning you... Drink it in the shower, or that you shower yourself with a beer. No, it's a, the one you. Because I've done both. Yes. Yeah. The yes. one you drink in the shower, and then while you're doing that, what is the shampoo conditioner? You all have hair, so you, any of you can answer. Well, I have a specific uh, beer refrigerator just in the bathroom, and it's only Pilsner or Kell. That's it. <laughs> Very good. That's it. It's a good choice. Uh, in my earlier days, it would have been a PBR. Uh, I also used to but use... But now it's two PBRs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I believe that just about any beer is a shower beer. Um, sure. I, I, do not, uh, I do not discriminate when it comes to drinking in the shower. All beers are welcome in my shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be Redkin, but now it's, uh, <laughs> now it's Kirkland brand. Kirkland, oh, Kirkland, Kirkland brand, brand, really? Yeah, yeah. bro, oh. it's salon Wait, quality Kirk, Kirkland no. conditioner, <laughs> not Kirkland hey, brand that beer. Might, but that might still be Redkin. We don't know yet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> repackaged. Yeah, yeah. Sponsored right. by Apple. Here's a risky question: What's the best brewery in Spokane? Ooh, ooh, risky. Ah, brick, brick best. <laughs> the best wow. brewery in Spokane is the one you're at. That's right. The wow. That's the best answer. Yes, dude. That's a Keanu Reeves answer. 
Oh, that come on. Totally. No, what's Keanu Reeves is brilliant. Yeah. You ever seen him on Yeah, I mean, he's I like, have. That, that's brilliant. He actually like seems to care about the answer that he's giving. Yeah. It's not just off yeah. the cuff. Right. Yeah. So that was brilliant. That was brilliant. That was great. And so, yeah. That's just no, great. No, I, I mean, I believe it, too. I mean, the experiences that people are delivering here in town now at this point is, you know, whatever's close, whatever's your hometown brewery, to me, that's the one. There's, Make it your own. There's a reason after the past two years that all of us are still here standing and our doors are open. It's because we all have something great to offer the community. <laughs> all right, here's one that uh, I'm hesitant to ask, but it says, how does Tim always look so handsome in the morning? Uh, right. it's, it's Is it hard to read? Is it almost illegible? Uh, no, it's pretty clearly <laughs> oh, I was going to say that maybe it was Tim that wrote <laughs> no, it. No, Tim didn't throw one down. Yeah, it is uh, it is a hard, lot of work. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I work at it. And so don't hate me because I'm beautiful, you know? Follow-up question they ask are, are you really from Boston and are you related to Paris Hilton? Uh, yeah, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up about 40 miles south of Boston. And, uh, yeah, I, I have an uncle who sort of studies gerontology stuff. and oh, Not gerontology, a genealogy. And he told us that uh, we, we shared, like, a great-great-grandfather or something, or, or maybe a three greats or some, somewhere. We're somehow related. All the Hiltons in the world are basically related. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So you are related in some capacity. Well, he also owns a dog named Paris Hilton. That's true. That's, That's true, yeah. That is true. I, I got to tell you, it, yeah, we're related, but not too closely that I didn't see the video. That's what I want to oh. say. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> That's hot. All right, well, let's lighten it up with this next one then. Uh, do you have a favorite popcorn flavor uh, topping? Because you have a bunch Oh, my here. gosh. So we, we opened up, and Tim and I both agreed that we like bars and breweries that have popcorn because it's just the most delicious snack to have with beer. So we were going to have the popcorn machine. That was definitely a thing. Um, and then we started flavoring the popcorn and having different flavors, and my kids brought dill pickle. And I was like, that's disgusting. And then I tried it, and I was like, that's the best one? I uh, agree. Dill pickle is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's good. so good on the popcorn. Huh. <laughs> we, we started going to the, um, what, was the what was the bar over uh, near Brown's Edition we used to go to with the popcorn? Was Andy's. No, 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 no. 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 The, the, uh, oh. It's torn down now. It was um, oh, no, the, no, swamp? No. The, the Swamp. The Swamp. The Swamp. <laughs> we yes. got popcorn and flavorings at the Swamp. Oh, my gosh. That's where we got the flavorings <laughs> idea. That's what it was. Yeah, the yeah. swamp. Uh, Brewer's oh. yeast is another one that people add to popcorn Rest in a lot. Yeast to the swamp. Yeah. 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 Portbacks. I miss that place too. <laughs> I, I miss the I swamp. Dude, we're gonna stay here for. We're just gonna talk about the swamp for another hour. <laughs> I mean, it, des <laughs> it deserves more, but it yeah, does. I'll, yeah. I'll, st I'll stick around, man. Like it's seriously, all good. like what? A, what an amazing staple of a community that unfortunately is gone now. Yeah. The, that the, ushered in a lot of craft beer drinkers too. Totally, and it we did. used to all end up. Down there, like at different times, where I, I just look around and like all these guys who I knew were home brewers, professional brewers, everything. Everyone was down there, and then sitting out on their patio, which is probably one of the coolest patios Spokane yeah. had feed, for a long time. In the fire, watching the, the fire, fire, yes. right? Smoking nine cigarettes. Yeah, mm -hmm. just me. Yeah, I didn't smoke any of them. Honey, if you're listening, I had none. <laughs> so, uh, and then we lost the riff. 
So the swamp's uh, gone, the rift's gone. Yeah. No Justin more Beach. dollar pints of uh, you know Bud Light. Like, uh, yeah. Sad. All these crap breweries coming and taking over all the good stuff. Man. What assholes. I know. Seriously. All right, so just to keep it profane, this is specifically for ATN. Um, <laughs> Fucking <great>. from Eddie. <laughs> uh, fuck, Mary kill. Uh, which brewery? Lagunitas, New Belgium, and Ballast Point. Which would you fuck? Which would you marry? Which would you kill? Lagunitas, New Belgium, or and Ballast Point. Is this an Eddie question? I have no idea. No, this was Bree. Uh, we have the three breweries again: are Lagunitas. New Belgium and Ballast Point. Which would you fuck? Which would you marry? Which would you kill? That's a rude question. There's one right answer. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ball- Ballast Point at this point is going to be my kill. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I will say I'm a sucker for sours, so I'm probably going to marry New Belgium. Okay. And I'm definitely banging should. it out with Lagunitas. Yeah, that one no. time just for uh, the Willet. dirty just hippie for brewery. The, just for the Willet or the Fort. Get yourself a little something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, it's, Lagunitas is not who I'm going to bring home to mom. All right? So. You caught yourself a little something. <laughs> yeah. She's a nice lady. <laughs> well, folks, it's closing time. We are past the midpoint of dry January, the month where many make New Year's resolutions to try and cut back on alcohol consumption. Many folks are sober curious, a movement focused on understanding your relationship with alcohol and how to make your life healthier. In the craft beer evaluation class I teach at Eastern Washington University, I begin the class by asking students to reflect on their relationship with beer. I ask them, when did you meet? How did you meet? How often do you hang out? Where do you typically hang out? What do you do when you hang out? What do you most like about your relationship and what do you like least about your relationship And where do you want this relationship to go? Personally, I think it's a positive step for the craft beer industry if more people take the time to explore their relationship with alcohol. Low to no alcohol craft beers are on the rise, and now many tasting options are available for people looking for positive, healthy relationships with beer. It can only be a positive step to help craft beer industry advance in a positive and healthy direction. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for tonight. Thank you. Thanks to our special guests, Brian Fro Carpenter and Etienne Duver of Brick West Brewing Company and to Dave Basarabin, Tim Hilton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Thanks to our wonderful servers, Brian and Tom. And thanks to all of you for being here. I am Chris Sindrick. Good night and joy be to you all. Drink up.